Welcome to PAX Australia. It's RK Couch live from the live from the PAX show. Well, I do that every year. It's great. Um, we're once again welcome to the PAX booth to record another episode of RK Couch here. Um, firstly, it's a very, very good booth. Uh, my name's Bob White. Joining me, of course, is Kieran Martin. It is I here at the Audio Technica booth for, uh, for all things and everything. Ashley Hobley. Hey, Dylan. Excited to be here at PAX doing another normal episode of RK Couch. We're going to be talking about ADGAs. We're going to talk about the JG Demon's teaser game. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about Overwatch having a bad launch. It's having a great week. It's having a great week. I, I don't know any problems. Not mention Overwatch again past this point. Also, here, Shri Trainer. Hello. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it's Shri. I'm, I'm welcome, welcome back to Shri. Captain Kiddies is back. Hashtag yeah. Captain Kiddies. Um, so. Yeah, I don't, but we'll go through, I don't talk about a little bit, uh, look, we do the same thing every year here, it's fine, it's what it is. Um, talk a little bit about PAX uh, itself before we get into the games, because I think that's been the most interesting story this year, more so than like, you know, like previous years would be like, oh man, Final Fantasy or Doom Eternal or, you know, like whatever the, the really big game was that was on show. But I feel like the story of PAX 22 is simply the fact that it happened. Uh, how uh, it's been years since it was on, obviously. So how everyone's feeling with that, the combination of there's no Sony, there's no Xbox, there's no Nintendo, how everyone feels about that. How have you seen people hear or talk about those sort of things, like how the general reaction has been from other people, and then how are you feeling attending a massive uh, convention with a lot of people, especially if it's like the first time you've personally been... Because uh, I know some of us have been to things, some of us haven't really been to larger events uh, the last few years while COVID's been on. Some of us haven't travelled at all, like, first time since COVID's been on. So it's like a little bit different experience between all of us. Um, so let's start with you, Kieran. Like, how are you, how's your PAX experience been this year? Um, PAX has been good this year. It's a very different environment and vibe, I think, compared to my last one, which was 2018. Uh, didn't come 2019. Was like, man, I'll be there 2020. Was not here 2020. Um, but yeah, no, coming coming here this year, I think the vibe in general, I think a lot of people, especially the first day, were just coming to terms with the fact that we were here and then it was what was going on and we were actually able to, to interact and see so many people we haven't seen in a, in a very long time. Um, I think PAX as a show floor is a very is a very different vibe in general just because, as you said at the, start, at the top of the um, introduction, is that there's no Microsoft, there's no PlayStation, there's no Nintendo. Um, generally, all of those... The big boys have have fairly large showings here, and they're not here at all. So, so there's more space for more unconventional and, and different things. Like I think you know, even just looking at the Audio Technica booth, it is it's bigger and better than ever in many ways, and especially the booth we're recording in. And maybe that is part and part because those guys aren't here, and more people are able to get space. And I think for the indie developers that are here, and it's a fantastic range they've got here this year. Um, they get more eyes on them. More people have more time to, to go to them. You're not doing that thing anymore of, okay, Saturday morning, I need to go directly to the Sony booth and line up and spend the next three hours lining up and that's a good part of your day. Um, I just think there is, there's more range and more variety and more um, ability to, to use your time how you see fit here rather than wasting it or, or spending a lot of it stood in lines waiting for different things. Yeah, I'm on, on a similar idea. Uh, you know, the, not having the big three makes a huge difference. Uh, even just show floor wise, like you would come to packs every year, and there would be on every single corner there'd be some person screaming out, "Hey, who wants free merch? Who wants? We're giving away a headset. We're giving away a microphone. We're giving away a t-shirt." 
Now they way won't be spread out. So now they're giving like cars, I hear. <laughs> what? what? Really? Oh, you uh, missed out. That's how you I should have got a car. Yeah, I <laughs> On that, <laughs> there is a lot more F, like all the racing stuff, all the stimulators and stuff. There's a lot more of that this year, which I think is like a part of like the F1 thing booming during COVID. Everyone's big drive to survive. And yeah, everybody loves Massive. that drive. Everybody's a big Daniel Ricciardo fan. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, that's a bit of a sore subject to be bringing up right now for F1 fans. Soon but Oscar Pastrani. Yeah, Piastri. Piastri. You're right, Ash. You can, you can, your F1 credentials totally are totally did that Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been fun. Great vibes. Like everybody's, just, I think Saturday, it was like, that's when there was the most people. Uh, but Friday, Sunday, it's been pretty chill. Not too much squeezing against each other. <laughs> like there was in previous years. It's, it's been reasonably well spread out and I think uh, it's been a lot of fun. Sorry? Yeah, I mean, it, it. I agree. Like there hasn't been as much arm-to-arm movement as what you'd normally have in previous years. Um, Saturday was very busy and then, <clears throat> excuse me, might die here at PAX um, from losing my voice. Not talk, used to talking to so many people in such a short period of time and talking over the noise. So I myself have actually found it not like overwhelming, but man, it is exhausting having to just have the continuous conversations and be on all the time and then be around all these people. Um, I really think that without having Xbox and everything here this year, it's actually showcased potentially what else they could do and bring to packs that they might not have had space for previously. But I think it's also opened up the opportunity to to say that there probably is more that can be done. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the indies have had a better chance this year without having those bigger um, bigger booths here especially. Um, and then at least people are spending more time playing them. It's exposing their games more. That's more of a benefit than anything else. And I apologise for my voice because I sound like a like prepubescent boy with, like, <laughs> Weird volumes happening. I've got like voice pops happening, but yeah. <laughs> Went hard. Went hard all week. Hey, I was not partying. I was you, just you busy talking to Dave. Weren't you? <laughs> you were, we saw you hit the dance floor during China. You were going mental. Um, yeah, it's been weird. Like, because obviously coming in, there was like, I think there was that, uh, where was it? Like maybe three, four weeks prior to record, like coming yep. here, was recording an episode of Arca Couch. And like, as we're recording it, Ash is like, I actually don't think Sony or anyone's there. And that was the first time I was like, wait, aren't they? Like, <laughs> like, they aren't? I didn't actually realize. Um, so that was, like, it wasn't, sh- it was sort of shocking because to me, I'm like, whatever. Like, I don't really mind too much. I mean, I would have loved for, like, Ragnarok to be here. That would have been, like, massive. Like, that that would have been the first thing I ran to in the media, obviously. And then that would have been packed for the entirety of the show. Um, I, I would have loved to have gone, like, hands-on with PSVR 2. I mean, there's upcoming Pokemon game. Like, there's many things I can think of for everyone apart from Xbox that I would love to play. <laughs> 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 that was an unneeded game. That was... Come on, mate. Hellblade 2. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's not coming out. No, it's not. Game Pass, Buy Game Pass, everyone. <laughs> so there's, like, lots of things... But like ultimately, every packs we, sp- we end up spending the most time at the the indie stuff anyway. So it didn't really overall aff- affect it. But I do feel like it has a- affected it for other people. Like so, we've had many indie devs say, "Hey, this is a lot busier than what we were expecting." There's a lot more people down there, which is like it's sort of a blessing in disguise, I guess. You got all these um, Australian indie games that are now getting more eyes on than if Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox were here. But also now the devs are like. 
fuck I'm tired. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like even oh, more I so should've, than I should have fucked the people. Yeah, like should hide. Like I'm a solo developer, but I can't afford to make my game, but I definitely should have somehow hired some more people to help me. Um, so that's like sort of a black in the sky. Um, how's everyone felt? Yeah, about the COVID stuff, I guess, because that's the other thing. We all have differing degrees, I guess. Like I know Kieran Ash have like attended. Like you've been out, sort of in it. Tree, mm. not so much. Um, I've travelled a bit during COVID, so. I don't know, like, and I know other people we know were expressing on Twitter, like, should I come this year? I'm still a little bit worried, which is totally fair. Like, if you if you want to be, like, extra... Like, I've been carrying around a mask, like, putting mm. it off and on, just depending on, like, how many people are around, but it's sort of hard. So, um, how's, how, Shri, I'll start with you. How's the coming here, like, this massive thing, like, COVID, like, worried you? Or... I mean, I'm a compromise, so... This is definitely the first thing that I've been to with this amount of people. Um, I've, I haven't felt uncomfortable, I don't think. Like, I work in retail anyway. I've worn a mask majority of COVID just because people are complete goobers. Because they're, they're disgusting people. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, they did. Don't um, basic And it's sort of any anything that you can do to reduce that small risk. I've not had COVID. Um, there's a chance I could be in hospital if I have COVID. So... I think that overall I felt decent because it hasn't been overpopulated. Saturday was a bit crazy and that's obviously when you just put your mask on and it just comes back to comfortability. But I think overall it's just the exhaustion of being around so many people, that constant noise, not having like a minute to yourself. Like I feel, I find that more overwhelming than worrying about COVID and hygiene when I have my mask, I have my hand sanitizer, I'll just do what I need to. If I need to step outside, that's fine. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I guess for me, it's not been a major, a big leap or difference just because the amount I've gone to footy this year and, and been to footy and, you know, it, it took me the first 60,000 person game I went to in round three uh, versus Carlton Hawthorne. I just got COVID straight up. Who won that? Um, <laughs> Carlton did by one point. Uh, thanks, Ash. <laughs> but, I honestly didn't know. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no, that was like one point, but it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't hurt. Um, it, um, it just, if that I, was the worst thing that happened to Hawthorne this season, no, that would be... Can we not? That's just not. Nice. <laughs> I mean, it came up. It's video games, man. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, yeah, I guess maybe I, I don't want to say desensitized to it, but um, I think it's just part of everyday living now. Is I've been to the city a number of times. Um, kind of, I guess, for a lot of people, hand hygiene is becoming a lot better and a lot more regular. Um, you know, I think the first day I was wanting to grab a mask and I meant to grab a mask before coming in, and then. It was pretty chill. Um, I think everybody seems to be following and, you know, it's nice to see little things like the audio technical guys wiping down all the, the headphones and the mics and the services before we get on. Like, it's really appreciated. So I think when more stores and all stores, you know, when you go to Indies and you see everybody's wiping down controllers and, and making sure areas are COVID safe and, and kind of protected, I think, yeah, it puts a lot of people at faith and I think it's, it's a positive that has changed in the world thanks to COVID. You know, it's sad that it has to be a pandemic that does it. But it is a, it's a positive change. Yeah, like Kieran said, seeing everybody wiping stuff down is like hand sanitation, sanitizer stations. <laughs> it feels like every twenty meters or so. Uh, yeah, I feel like everyone's doing it pretty well. I mean, as long as you aren't super packed in, you feel like it's not as bad. Even though we all know COVID can, is not, it can it's pretty easily transmissible. But 
fingers crossed. The aisleways are wider, especially because you do have less um, exhibitors on the floor. So um, they have made the aisles a lot wider, and I think that's noticeable. It was really only Saturday that you were sort of armed up with people. Otherwise, Mm. it was actually like you could be dancing out there. No worries. Yep. And that's what you did, Cherise. You danced. You were dancing all over the place. Dancing all over. (laughs) Now you're super tired. <laughs> How do you? The, the one thing I um, so we, Shree and I were looking on like respond like Twitter this morning where Parks posted like you know thoughts or whatever something like that and the common thing did seem to be like I feel like we're very much like hey we're probably going to spend a lot of time playing we'll talk about this before this morning I guess to a degree we would spend a lot of time playing indies anyway yeah but then we were also talking about. Hey, you, Kieran said, if I wasn't here, like doing, like, if I wasn't part of Explosion Network and I was just coming here, I may have been, like, disappointed. So, and we did see a lot of people online saying, hey, I didn't got a one day pass and I was kind of disappointed with what was at the show. Do you, do we think they're, like, sort of justified sort of complaints or is it a matter of, Hey, maybe you should step outside your bubble a bit more and go enjoy some games that aren't just your big third-party publishers. And if that's all you care about, then, you know, like, you were aware of that before you bought the ticket. Like, how, how do you feel about that, Ash? Well, I don't know if they knew about that before they bought the ticket. Obviously, the ticket true, true, true. back in March. Yeah, true. Uh, but I, I think, it, you know, the refund policy was reasonably broad. So if they weren't happy with uh, what was being offered before the show started, I'm sure they could have gotten a refund. Um, yeah, if you wanted to be here and just get the big third party triplays uh, I think you would come away a little bit disappointed but uh, you know if you're here for the gaming vibe the gaming community uh, esports dungeon dragons all the tabletop stuff which was huge this year uh, it was packed on Saturday it's like every single possible chair was taken up I'm pretty sure with people playing board games um, then I'm sure you would be very happy but yeah like you said if you, you would be here just for the one thing probably didn't get it because you know it was what Sonic Frontiers biggest game of the show what the, what the fuck is that Sonic Frontiers yeah it's a great game it's the biggest game of the show it is great game gotta go fast don't know about that I met Sonic I saw him he waved to me he knows me um, got his mobile number <clears throat> um, wow yeah. Um, yeah no I did I, I think my point is more maybe not specific to one day passes because I think there is a lot you can do in one day here whether you are checking out the schedule on the day and just be like, hey, this panel seems cool, I'll go to this panel. Because I'm sure there's going to be a panel for anybody throughout a single day. I just think, I think for people who buy three days, I think three days is is stretching it. Because if you have a solid two days where you're really just loving indies and you're playing indies and stuff, you're checking out some board games and you're having a little bit of a look at the different manufacturers and the different brands that are here. Like Audio Technica. Like Audio Technica. That we should, how many times, yeah, let's just keep doing it. Um, let's <laughs> um, like whenever it's natural exactly sure um, but uh, yeah I think that, that third day or that second half of the second day I think you're going to be pushing yourself a little bit to, to, to find things to do and to make sure that you're, you're happy and you're, you feel like the, the money you've paid for your three day pass is worth it because I think unlike the, the weekend passes other than Saturday like you probably could still get a ticket you could still get a pass yes it sucks that you would have to line up and grab a pass physically here beforehand and that would take away part of your day each time um, but 
yeah, it, it, it's it's three days. Is yeah, is there enough? I like. I guess the three days. I always have a, a thing mentally impacts previously where it's like, okay, this day I'm gonna go. Like first day you check everything out, and then the second day you have like the mental note of okay, Xbox is here with this game that I want to go see. So as soon as I'm in. I'll go straight there and I'll line up and I'll get that out of my way. And then day two, PlayStation's got this, I'll go straight to that and I'll line up and do that day two. I just think there's there's not enough large marquee items to to warrant the three-day pass in its extended But once again, PAX is such a, 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 a all-over-the-place kind of community in terms of there's so much variety. If you, you are stepping out of your bubble and you are checking things out, you are checking board games out if you're a video game player. Um, I think there is something for everybody here and there can be more than one thing for you here and it just takes you looking at it from a different perspective and giving everything a chance. Yeah, I really think too that I haven't had a good look at panels. Like as content creators, you know, we're primarily here checking out games. Like we don't spend the day sitting in panels, but unless there's something that really stands out, we'll go check it out. And I think that's where... You know, obviously, if you're here for a day, you've got a couple of panels, you've got games to play, that'd be fine. Um, but I really do think that you're right here in, like, Tabletop was huge this year. Um, and I think that they set it out a lot better than what they normally do, too. So there is, like, a better traffic flow. There's a better mix. One thing that, like, I had brought up that I think has shown on the show floor because you do kind of have just indies and then you've got these bigger stands that are just screaming all the time all day i really would love to see them do like an artist alley or an art competition or something for gaming art Mm. that's something that i'd really love to see just because i think it does really break up what you're doing during your day um and then the other thing that i liked that they did this year they've done a lot more food fans and that was something that we saw like dylan and i had seen in the comments a lot people were very happy with like the food variety and that sort of just adds to the atmosphere that wasn't previously there before as well yeah um and then the other i feel like the 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 biggest positive the so we're talking about negatives but the biggest positive i've seen from everyone and i'm sure all of us can agree is like there is definitely like Pax has that slogan or whatever they chuck around every year where they're like, welcome home, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, but I feel like this is definitely the year where everyone was like, all aboard that because there just has been like a sense of, you know, like a bunch of us hadn't seen each other for <laughs> ages. A yes. bunch of our, uh, other like podcast friends haven't seen for years. And, you know, like there's all these people like expressing out. Um, also just people who have met each other through like, I don't know, maybe they started watching someone's Twitch stream and then they became friends like that and then they've met up here for the first time. So I do feel like compared to past years where it's like a bit of a slogan thing, uh, this year is like uh, definitely had a a bigger sense of that community aspect that they try to make part of PAX, um, especially coming out of, um, you know, years of COVID or whatever else where everyone's like, oh, the world, the world's can get better it's all yeah. oh my goodness destroying audio techniques gear is fun hands down crazy um, yeah, so but that's, it's well that's built all. so it yeah. holds up to the standard no, I was doing that audio check and also just super quickly when you say about slogans whoever this year is writing for PAX on the digital signboard is killing it there has been so many on like I don't know if you guys have seen this I've seen on social media or walking in um, my favourite still is uh, hi I'm Commander Shepard and this is my favourite convention um, like it is um, <laughs> Our faces are just you got, like oh my them. god, none of you played Mass <laughs> no. Effect. This no, I've played, I've played Mass Effect. What the hell? Mass Effect 2! Yeah, so, 
I'll just Chef is so sign. busy. Why should we go to conventions? I'm saying the sign is all I'm saying. <laughs> because to get a discount at every store in the Citadel, you say it's your favourite, and then that. Re- I just. Good bit, Karen. Good bit. <laughs> like, uh, we like video games. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about some uh, video games that we're playing here at the show. <laughs> and, uh, packs. Let's move into a bit of that. So, I've. We're going to go over sort of your favourites or just uh, your second favourite. I, I didn't want everyone to pick the same game or something like that. And then we can all sort of discuss this, which is just going to be overall, I guess, the games we like the most. Um, Kieran, you have put down Box Night by We Made a Thing Studio. What a great studio name. Like, what an yeah. awesome studio name is We Made a Thing. Lots um, of good studio names. There is, actually. Australians know how to name things. I actually found, like, a minor point... See the Explosion Network for more <laughs> <laughs> I've, um, I found this year, like, especially talking to devs, like, there is... Adelaide has a really cool community of, of devs um, that are all showcasing stuff this year. They're, they're well, yeah, big. Adelaide is... I think Adelaide, obviously Melbourne, like, yeah. put a lot of funding into getting yeah. a lot of these studios yeah. over here, so that... Yeah, that's why yeah. we're seeing a lot of Adelaide representation. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, to, to, to talk to the, the guys that uh, we made at Thing Studios, um, Box Night is a um, brawling side scroll, like a, uh, is it isometric, asymmetric, I don't know these words, um, is a brawling um, roguelike game where you are a office worker in a dystopian world where Friday, Friday uh, hits and you are tasked with battling through your entire office building until you get all the way to the top to the CEO um, to, to, to defeat the CEO and become the CEO of the company and then kind of defeat um, the, the tragic capitalistic world that the, the character main character lives in. And it's, it's very much drawn in the same art style as thinking of South Park Secret Truth and the South Park art style. Um, for me, it, it very much was, yeah, South Park Cross with Castle Crashes, giving you the um, like the demo here sitting you down and going through it is um, the each level or each room you go in you have to, to kill three waves of, of different kind of mobs and monsters um, all that have got really kind of great well written um, uh, title cards that pop up when you first meet them with a really um, kind of tongue in cheek humour that comes with it um, and, and yeah battling through you get a, a whole range of abilities um, to kind of fight through and then yeah each time you fail you come back and you do upgrades and you get different weapons and you can um, yeah get, make sure you upgrade the amount of beer you can hold because of course Friday beers they're going to give you health um, and yeah it was a really fun game it was really great to, to sit down and not only play it myself but I was with Dill when Dill played it um, and got to, to sit there and talk through with one of the devs um, about the game and, and hearing their perspective and the feedback they've gotten um, one of the things was you know I'm obviously just a bit of a spud and didn't realise you have to like hold down a, a dash attack to, to get through I'd also like to point out I didn't realise this either but I yeah, could hear you, you having this conversation on the yeah. side just enough that when he um, the deaf was like oh you just hold down the button and then I was like yeah I knew that the whole time I just started doing <laughs> it, started doing it more. Um, yeah no and it does a lot more damage but it, it's great to have those organic conversations with devs and I think the, the guys that we made a thing um, yeah, having a really open conversation and, you know, even just have the insight of, oh, by the way, and like talking to Dylan when Dylan was playing, was like, oh, by the way, getting to the boss, the boss is really hard at the moment in this demo version because you don't have many of the upgrades you need to try and fight this. Um, and Dill did pretty well, got to like a third of its HP. True gamer cred, flex. True, true gamer and got told how great was. the best Apparently so was, far. Yeah, the best so far. Some, some cracked Fortnite kid has probably been on it and already destroyed that already, but you know. Um, that's that's what it is these days. Um, 
but yeah, no, it was it was fantastic. I love the humor. I love the art style, and I think to to hear about a dev studio with um, we made a thing to like such a small team that is working on this out of in their own time, out of hours after their full time jobs, um, and to see how far they've come for it. I think it's a fantastic game for one day to be on Nintendo Switch. Uh, I believe he was saying that there is already like a, a beta um, on Steam at the moment. You can go and download as part of Steam Next. Um, but yeah, no, it was absolutely fantastic. I'm, I'm really excited to see that game um, come out. I think they said they've got two levels or two sets of floors already developed fully, and they've got to do another two more. Um, two out of four, I think. Was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. They said something about like if they get like a bigger publishing, I guess. Yeah. Um, then they could do they more. more funding, but yeah. If they want to draw like a line, so they can just release the game. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Which is fair when you're working on something part time. You don't know, like where the money's coming from. To yeah, hundred percent. Do stuff like that. You just kind of want to get it out there. Yeah, the yeah. No, I, I enjoy, I enjoy playing it as well for sure. It was um, a lot of fun. I definitely feel like I, I even felt like um, I needed like a few more enemies or just the damage to do, like more enemies and then the hits to do a little bit more because like I just I feel like if you make it a bit more hectic, it would uh, the pace, like I guess the rhythm of it was yep. not quite intense enough. Would be my. My, my thing like you, you kill the enemies yeah. and like quite often I'm like oh, where's that one he's on the other side of the room you gotta wander over there you know what I mean just gotta like yeah, pick up the I guess the change is we weren't experiencing like the level up aspect of the game yeah. um, we got a little bit like your health increases as you level up which we were getting but we weren't getting the, the, the performance of kind of restarting another Friday and restarting kind of leveling up and getting the, different the actual abilities. roguelike element. Yes. Yeah, you're just 100%. doing one run. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, even if you if you based your first run of, say, Hades off the, the, like, the whole game off that first run, you'd probably think that game was kind of mid because yeah. the first run isn't very fast-paced. You don't really, you feel clunky for a lot of the first run of that game unless you've played it before. Um, Apart from the dude who beat, beat it on, without dying on his first run. That's insane. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah, it's crazy. That's that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ash, your game that you've picked is uh, Dead Pets Unleashed by Triple Topping. Yeah, so you play as a young demon woman named Gordy. Well, I guess not. She's 30. That's young, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I want to believe why that's you young. Why, 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 why are you, are you looking at Cherie? That, that's like, that's, that's young, isn't it, Kieran? Yeah. 30? Sure. <laughs> Dylan, that's young, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. yeah okay. Let's good. go with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's. Uh, yes, just say yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll feel better if you say it's young. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So she's uh, part of a rock band that's been struggling for ten years. Uh, she's destitute and like not making much money, very behind on rent and that kind of stuff. Uh, it's very much a life. It's narrative-based game with a bunch of different mini games scattered through. Uh, whether it's her working at a diner at a diner to get as a normal job it's like a diner dash cook, cook serve deliver kind of game where you're trying to um in a game where you're trying to give people their orders and everything uh or it's a rhythm based uh, band practice map game uh which is really fun and then there's just random little mini games that don't really serve any overall purpose whether it's putting stuff on a hot dog or uh, watering your cactus satan or so, yeah. <laughs> or cleaning your self-pleasuring uh, apparatus. <laughs> <laughs> he works so hard to get around just from saying, you wash a sex toy in this game. <laughs> there are people walking past this booth. Yeah, you don't know who's listening on this pod. But yeah, really fun. <laughs> like, uh, very clever writing. The art style is really cool. That switches up to like a chibi style for some of the mini games. I really dug it, so yeah, that was my game of the show. 
yeah, that's um, this is one that I really liked as well. And I had like such a weird experience for it because like I played it and I was like, I really like, I really, really like this game. Like it's a, it's a punk rock story where you sort of get to make these decisions where, um, which was the other thing we, I don't know how that would play in the full spectrum if yeah. there's like different endings or stuff, but like at the start where you have someone who's like, can I lend some money? If you click no it's like you get like less friendship points or whatever and then yeah something else you boost your personal ego or something something like that and then when you go to do the serve delicious bloody overcooked minigame thing um, which is your job which is another one where I'm like I feel like that that minigame and the band practice minigame are going to repeat throughout the game because I feel like you will go to work often to get money to potentially do other things and it's a thing where you could choose to either do a full shift and if you did a full shift, you're going to get more money, but you get like less points with your friends because you're late to band practice, and you, you got like minus ne- you got negative one punk point as well because it's not like punk <laughs> to do full shift at work. So. Yeah. Um, so I only did like half a shift. Yeah. So then you go to your friends and you do the, the band practice afterwards. And I yeah. So in my mind, I'm like sort of linking up all these elements of this game and hoping. Just assuming, I guess, how they'll all link up where you, you know, like maybe your band does even very terribly or not as you continue on. But it, like, and the, the rhythm game, and I still I should have looked it up between when we talked about it yesterday mm. in this recording, but oh, I think it's called News Dash. I'm just going to Google it real quick before I go inside. We'll do it live. It's fine. I do this on the podcast all the time. News Dash B. <laughs> it's fine. But there was this rhythm game I used to play on my phone all the time. It's on, yeah, News Dash is what it's called. So there was this game on Switch, and then it's on iOS as well. And it's like a very anime-looking um, rhythm game. And that's what the rhythm part of that game reminded me of. Because like, all it yeah. is is two rows or whatever you want to call them, like rhythm sections. So you're either hitting one button to hit the notes that are on the floor, and then you're tapping up to jump into the air and do those notes as they come. It's very simple. But it worked for News Dash because you could play it with buttons on Switch or whatever. But then also when they when they put out the, the phone version of it, it just meant that you either tap the left or right side of the screen. Like it made it a very like simple uh, rhythm game to play like that. So that, that worked out quite well. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I like the aesthetic. I like the fact that you play as demons who have life problems for some reason in this alternate yeah. world. They're all different, very different looking. Yeah, well. I, I think like the characters that they set up for it as well is really good because they do give you a slight outline when you meet them for the first time in the game. Like a very Scott Pilgrim like. Yeah. There's these <laughs> important little pivots in the Yeah, that was exactly the sound. Can we not? But yeah, the other, the, my funny little story for that one was I, I play it and I'm like, really like this game and then after the fact I realised I'm like looking at who made it and it's like oh Triple Toppy I'm like oh Triple Toppy I know that game and then uh, that name I look it up and they did Welcome to Elk so I'll just shout this out because that's a game I really liked from last year that I don't feel like enough people played but Welcome to Elk was a really cool like game and it's set in like a European town where it's like all snow and stuff like that but the, the connecting fabric between that game and this is very minimal <laughs> like that, yeah. had, that game had a very cool art style as well very different to this game. Mm-hmm. Still cool art style. Um, narrative-driven game where you, you sort of show up at this village and you get to know the characters and get, uh, do all these sorts of things. But the only thing that makes these two games I like at all is you had all these really random mini games, much like um, Dead Pets. Unleashed. Oh, Unleashed. Oh, I can tell that game. It's like um, the forced Unleash. Yeah. Um, rip. What's the best? Um... <laughs> I think what? it's still playable. No, no. It's, I think they remastered it. It's not canon. I don't care. Um, so my favourite game that I'm going to pick is 
Tim Popo. Gotta love Puppin games here in the book. Um, so this is a new game from Witchbeam, who was a developer behind last year's... It's crazy it was only last year, hey? Um, last year's Unpacking, which we'd seen at PAX for years um, as it like slowly progressed in development. Um, and of course, Unpacking like had this very sort of simple but um, cool setup to its gameplay mechanics. And I feel like this game has the same sort of thing, so I'm keen to see how it progresses close to development. But this one, very different to Unpacking. You play, it's like Lemmings, I feel like yeah, Ash sort of had it right, is the best sort of way to describe it. You, there's this little creature, I guess they're the Tim Poppers, or whatever we're going to call the plural of Tem Popperinos. The Tim Popperinos. Yeah, uh, these yeah. cute little blobby creature things, um, and then they're sort of on, I don't know what you call it, like those games where they have like, you know, the blocks. Like isometric block. Field, you know I mean? like it reminds me of like uh like Fez and you know like where Fez it's like the Captain Toad Captain Toad like where the the Captain levels yeah one. the levels like, like a cube yeah floating 3D level yeah yeah, like, yeah they're always like floating in a space like an area or whatever um, but it's like that sort of setup and you press play and the little critter will just start like bouncing around on its its own path however without directions it has no fucking clue where it's going at all so it'll just <laughs> it'll dive off the side of the cliff it'll run in the spikes it'll get eaten by a skull monster thing that's jumping around doing its own thing. It'll do all those sorts of things. Um, so what you need to do is you press a button that opens up a little spin wheel thing and you can press, uh, you can like sort of guide it. So you can put a left arrow on the uh, on a corner so it turns left there. You can press a, a, another one that sort of, it'll, it'll, it'll whip and break a, an object that's in front of it and be able to get through that. Uh, there's another one you can play, it's like a little leaf thing so it'll, uh, It'll blow, blow up, up into the sky. Yeah. So the levels start out very simple. Where it's like, oh, you know, you just play. You place a left arrow right here. You place a right arrow here. It sort of makes its way along the path. Everything's all very good. Hunky dory gets the, to the end of the level and off you go. However, as the levels progress, suddenly it's like, okay, well now there's two ten poppadorinos, whatever we're calling them. Um, they're bouncing around. You've got several little skull critter things that are bouncing around too, and they they potentially going to hurt them. Going to hurt someone um, and then you've got to do things where it's like okay well as this one ten popper reno gets to this point I'll put a symbol there that means it'll turn into a block for like five seconds and that means when the other ten popper reno's coming past it'll bounce on top of its head and be able to make its way across a gap but then you got to see what happens next um, it's very much like a, a thing of trial and error so although some of the things get complicated quickly I never felt like you'd get frustrated or feel dumb because it's very much like it is designed to be trial and error. So you don't feel bad that you fail. Like compared to other puzzle games where maybe you spend a minute doing something and you're like, oh, that doesn't work. That's sort of annoying. This game is literally the first thing I did every time I went to a new level. Just press play, see where the Tempo Arena is going to go and then figure it out from there. Don't try and like solve the puzzle before you're able to see what is going to go wrong sort of thing, you know what I mean? Um, and then the other aspect that I really liked about it was the music is real head bopper. Um, it is a... Head bopperino? It's, it he it's a, a tempopperino with a head bopperino. Um, it has really good music and that was the other thing I said um, to, to them down there when I was talking about it yesterday was in a game like this where you're constantly sort of restarting the same level and it's rewinding this one song that plays throughout the, the different levels, if the songs were trash <laughs> you would get very quickly annoyed and i think it would be a big turn off point of the game because it the 10 popper 
bounces to the, the beat of the music. So it is like a rhythm game, not that you're actually doing the rhythming, rhythm and music, um, but it's like it's a rhythm game in that when the tempo arena is jumping around as it makes its way through the level, you, by the time you solve the puzzle of the level, you've sort of created this track, this song that plays and you get to see to full fruition by the... The, the end of it so that was really cool as well Ash do you have any I know you liked yeah I really fun. liked it as well I think you know, very cute uh, very like simple I mean it's really it's just like kind of basic coding uh, you know Damn. just kind of directing stuff to go certain directions I mean mm-hmm. it's not uh, but you know with their aesthetic and the, the music and the, the cute figures and like just it's all well put together and the slow ramp up of the the challenges I think is yeah very exciting uh, especially from this team um, like Dylan said in our video on uh, youtube.com slash Explosion Network where we talked about it a little bit more in depth, uh, obviously unpacking, we saw just the unpacking elements at PAX in previous years. Like just the puzzle elements. Just the like puzzle the- elements. Over the years, they obviously added more layers to that, including a much bigger narrative story. If they do a similar thing with this, that'd be very cool. If not, this is a great game by itself. But yeah, very exciting. From Brisbane Best Studio. I can imagine that potentially as it progresses that they add in different little tempop arenas. <laughs> That's officially <laughs> um, what they have to, to we'll, we'll go them We'll go let them know. Cover more elements because obviously the main thing is that they create into blocks, but they could maybe add different ones that do. Like I've played similar games where it goes into like one creates a bouncing thing, one creates a that sort of thing. So that could be cool too. Yeah. Well, the, I think the wheel was probably like, the, when you open it up, the wheel was probably like 10 things or something. And I think maybe we saw three or four, probably. Like the wheel was always not feel, uh, full of like the objects, the, the different commands that you were able to give yeah. the, the 10 poppers. Tempoparinos. 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 But yeah, I'll just reiterate on that fact. I do think that the seeing if there's like a, an added story here is going to be the most interesting thing to me. Because I feel like that's what we've, we've played today, similar to Unpacking years ago, was, you know, I, I played Unpacking here at PAX when it was actually out in the whole area where they, I can't remember what that area was for, but they had it out there. That was the first time I played it. Um, and it was like, oh yeah, this is really cool. Like just the, it's a puzzle game where you can't really fail. Like you, you just put stuff places, and that, that felt yeah. kind of nice. It was sort of, you know, talking about zen, how it was yeah. being this. It was a Zen puzzle game, um, and that was really cool. But then it was a year, like two years later when they put the demo up at Steam Next Fest or something like that. Yeah. Uh, that suddenly I was like, wait, there's a story happening here. Like the items are now telling a story, and, that, and very much like by the time the full game came out, that was like one of my um, the glowing parts in the, yeah. the review I did, of course. You were very oh, angry about that yeah. college deployment. Very angry about it. So, and that's the thing, but, but that college thing, the, <laughs> the post, that's the thing that, if you don't spoil that game to anyone, that one part of that puzzle sort of makes people so angry <laughs> from a story reason, uh, which is crazy, and like one of the reasons that game's so good. So I will be interested to see if they try and do something similar to this, where they add sort of a story that's maybe not as direct, you know, like not cut scenes or, or something, but, and you, you may be like, well, how do you do that in a game like this? But I would have said the same thing about Unpacking. I would have been like, yeah. well, how do you add like a, a, a depth of narrative to a game like Unpacking without actually doing cut scenes yeah. and stuff? And the only pseudo cutscene they have in that game is right at the very end, like right before the, the credits roll. And that's it's sort of uh, yeah. the one time you see the, the character that you've been unpacking the life of. So, um, 
Yeah, that's cool. Show you what's there. Wait, one more thing. I managed to play on uh, the Steam Deck. Oh, that's true. That's it's a good like, point. We should play, yeah, play a Steam Deck. It was yeah. on the Steam Deck, which uh, I think one of only two Steam Decks in Australia. Uh, very com- <laughs> they were very both comfortable. Here. They were both they here. They were both here. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, very comfortable. It feels like a bigger, heftier Switch, uh, but not like super heavy. I mean, it's a little bit wider. <laughs> mouse, but it's just very nice. You know? I want to point out, before we move on, that brought this up, because I did forget. Like, you... Episodes and episodes ago, there is an episode where we bring up the Stream Deck. I say that when it comes to Australia, I very much like one because that seems like the perfect place to play all these indie games that I don't get a chance to play because I don't want to sit at my PC. Karen Lyleton was like, oh yeah, just like your bloody play date, gotta get a Stream Deck. And now Steam. he's over Steam Deck, bloody hell, it's Steam horrible. Deck. I've got a Stream Deck. <laughs> I, I do have a Stream Deck, I would like a Steam Deck. Yeah. Um, the, but now, yeah, do you want to admit you're wrong like everything else? No. No, because I have to play it to admit I'm wrong. And I avoided it. I avoided it. No, I said if I played it, I would then have to admit I'm wrong. I didn't touch one, so I can't avoid it. Well, we're going to play that. No, I'm out of here. Did you get a play date update? Did you? Yeah, I was going to say, are we getting a play date? Yeah, we want to do it live on the PAX 4 everyone. I got an email that says that my play date shipping (gasps) is coming now. I'm in the the current lot. I'll be. I'll be. Sweet. I'll be. Cogging around Let's soon. Let's go. Dust collector 4.0. I'll, I'll be cranking around. You'll be cranking that. <laughs> I'll be cranking <laughs> Right on the floor. Yeah, cranking that like Soldier Boy. Keeping another part of your shelves free from dust in 2022. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Um, I've spent a lot of time like talking to devs during PAX uh, of, in the indie section. And uh, it's amazing how many of them came to PAX just completely not knowing what to expect. And actually, a lot of them being quite like negative about their game. And I guess... That's kind of what I've noticed from, obviously, we haven't had big gaming conventions on for a couple of years because of COVID. All these people are using, you know, all of their free time. They're working on some of these games part-time and they're honing in and they don't have any other eyes on it. it. You know, the public haven't played some of these indie games before and it's only been the devs, you know, playing the same part 200 times to try and get what they want out of the game and not really knowing what to expect to bring it here. So I've spoken to quite a few people that they just have been really appreciative to finally get some hands on the game, to know that people really love them. And I think, you know, we've seen a few um, of the indie games have had only one laptop playing and playable for their game. Whereas like now it's Sunday, suddenly they've got two there, they've got three there because they have had such a positive reaction from the public about the game and like that comes back to what we were saying about the you know indie section having a lot more people in there without having playstation and everything here uh, but at the same time it's been such a positive experience for them because their confidence hasn't been there in their game and now they can really walk away from pax being like this was a positive experience just for us to know people love our game and we're working towards something and achieving something with our game development that for me has been like such a positive thing talking to everyone as I've been walking around yeah. can you say who said the Primorials Legends devs said it, they didn't expect the game to be so busy or something like that was that a didn't say, someone say that's that that's been so many yeah. um Ski, is it Skiers Landing yeah is that the game yeah, yeah Skiers Landing that, um, I was talking to those, those devs and they they were saying that they just did they had absolutely no idea what to expect they've had you know, no sort of exposure, I suppose, other than what they've been able to create on, on socials. Uh, and and the other thing to point out too is like a lot of the indie games this year are on Kickstarter. So I would 
say and remind everyone that after you've played games that you do love, please go over to Kickstarter and kickstart a lot of these games because this is how a lot of these devs are getting by. They're only part-time. They all have day jobs, but they are working yep. hard at these games. And if you love them, definitely support them in those ways. And uh, on that, since uh, wishlist is the other thing that we... Yes. That's a, the, yeah. the reason they always ask you to wishlist the game is because Steam has a really weird algorithm where the game's like super wishlisted, it'll get pushed to the, the forefront, like sort of in the lead up to release and stuff. So they, they know always like, wishlist just because I want you to buy my game. It's like, no. even if you're not buying it, please wishlist. <laughs> like, even just so you can show those numbers to pub potential publishers yeah. and that kind of stuff. And, and the other thing to point out too is like, a lot of these games do have demos out now on Steam. So if you have missed out on playing a game across the weekend, definitely go over and check them out still online. Take a photo, remind yourself, and then go and check them out because a lot of the same demos if not slightly different ones are available online yeah, because that was a. I was thinking like the, the when the primarials dude was like, I think he did because I think he did say like, oh, I didn't expect it to be so busy. But I'm thinking like, I remember seeing that trailer when yeah, it, it, it blew up on Twitter. Yeah, I was yeah, like, it was massive, like a <laughs> he said he said it was super trending on Reddit, and then the Reddit moderator moderators like banned it. Why? So, uh, because they yeah. they don't like they don't like Australian indie devs, I guess. Uh, it's like, it's like a yeah. yeah, so they they put it out again, but same thing. But yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Kieran, do you have like a random um, shit? Let's do like a, a random shout outs. I just like quick uh, before we wrap up sort of thing. Yeah, first shout out. I've been sat here looking across from, from all three of you, and I thought, you guys look so great. I don't know why. And I just realized it's because of the audio technical headsets you guys are all wearing <laughs> and microphones. <laughs> They're all in front of you. It's making you look ravishing. Um, but no, my shout out is actually um, not video game related, but tabletop related. I had a fantastic time running DD yesterday. Um, but I got to jump in and, and run a one-shot for a couple of hours. And yeah, it was really fun. So I definitely recommend um, anybody who's new to D&D &D or experienced with D&D, jump in when you come to these conventions and play a game, meet some new people, get a, get a feel for a different kind of Dungeon Master's play style. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's really fantastic, really fun, and, and it's a very open and welcoming community. Was that... So that was with one... So you had one friend there, but like... Was, yeah. So everyone else was just random. So there's generally six players at a table and one Dungeon Master. And so, yeah, you, you sign up, there's like obviously, yeah, six spaces, so you sign up beforehand for your time slot, and then, yeah, you get assigned a table, and you, you go to the table, and you meet whoever's there. So you can sign up by yourself, you can go with a bunch of friends. It's yeah. like speed dating, but for the D&D D &D players, yeah. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Ash, you got a shout-out? What, like, like to a game or people? I don't know, whatever you want. Whatever you want to shout out the team of well played. You know, we... Uh, all right. Didn't really super know them the last match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, they've all been super welcoming and like fun to hang around with. Zach Jackson, super nice, uh, especially when he's drunk. And uh, super <laughs> it's true. Uh, he's not going to listen to this. Uh, <laughs> so nicely. Yeah, super nice. And yeah, they all know their stuff. And yeah, great, great people to hang out with. You know, we're still willing to come out and have drinks. <laughs> Shreya, do you have any shout outs? I'm looking at all three. Do you want to tell Ash to piss off? Yeah, a bit of praise. Uh, I guess we we played a game like called uh, Noodle Ninja. That looks Noodle really Samurai. Oh, Noodle Samurai. Ninja. I don't know why I've got Ninja. Yeah, right. you don't want to you don't want to get those mixed up. There's a there's a big fan base. Big Star Wars people get very like, upset about those. Ninjas yeah. and Samurai. So, yeah. That's a, um, and, and that was a really cool game where you... Water crisis. Like, Jesus. 
for those who don't see, a guy in a great Mordecai's cosplay walked past and Dylan jumped out of his chair. <laughs> Press Q to win. Um, uh, yeah, so you collect different food items to create a noodle soup for this guy and, and he plays like this little monkey with a grapple and and they were just a really cool group of people they're the devs and the game just looked really pretty um, but I think overall like hashtag cuties there's definitely been a lot of cutie games this is a good point what is the hashtag cuties game of the show Ooh. oh Pop, I was like that's oh. pretty cu- hashtag cuties like I have to but when you do go to the tabletop area there are so many hashtag cutie card games no one should do like because I love saying things that we should do on podcasts and then actually. That we never yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Like, or, or I feel like if I say it on a podcast because it's recorded, there's more chance we'll actually do it. What we should do it's next true. year is we should make a sticker. Hashtag cuties. Hashtag cuties approved. That's what I said. We should We've have said this. Kept, we done this, said this for Captain years? Cuties approved. We've said this for years, yeah, right? Yeah, I was like, working on my like stand. That. We would make so much money. We, well, why are we <laughs> selling them? Why is it always about the money? Jesus. No, it's about the cuties. Like, let's be real. Right, okay, yeah. cuties and then money. No, just the cuties. Calm down. What about you, Dylan? Who do you want to shout out? I want to shout out Sonic. Um, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, in this weather, it's like, it's, it's a hard costume to fit. It's, I appreciate that, that, that whoever's in there, I mean, Sonic himself, because it's our costume. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it's not Ben Swartz. <laughs> I know, I'll just uh, shout out to the, not, not again, just yeah, I'll say the, again, reiterate on the communal aspects. That oh yeah. There you go. I'll, go, I'll go for the sweet, sweet, right. the sweet comment, say it's been, uh, been very good to actually get back in. Because we got so used to it where it was like, oh yeah, like, maybe I'll see some of you like once or maybe twice a year, but it's, I'll see you at least once a year, you know, and then like, <laughs> so... Yeah. It's just like to sort of disappear. And there's like lots of people, of course, and, and stuff like that. So it's just been good to actually be back at a con and do stuff. Like, I feel like we got so used to... It sort of also helps. And I feel like we, you use it. Like, every pack was sort of like a reignite sort of... Your passion. So your passion, I guess, for, um, for like doing the website or the podcast or whatever. So it sort of helps to come here yeah. and play like a bunch of indie games and talk to devs and like... Um, Recording a really cool booth, booth. like <laughs> from Audio Technica. Yeah. yeah, so we're just like used to like years of just sitting either at home recording podcasts at our computer screens or sitting there writing articles or you know wh- whatever. Like, and it's actually good to be out at a, um, a con again for the first time. So um, that's my going to be my special shout out, I guess. So, there you go. All right, that will do it for this year. Once again, thank you to Audio Technica for letting us record at their wonderful, sexy booth. Shout out to uh, Brendan White from uh, 8-Bit for helping set it all up, arrange all the times. Yeah. And no, thank not you. just because he's outside and might possibly be listening. <laughs> and thank you to our technician, Matt. Not the Matt you're thinking of if you know Audio Technica, but Matt. <laughs> it's not the Matt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we hope to see you all, of course, at Next Packs. If you've seen us all this year, that's great. If you didn't, uh, you know, it's too bad. It's too bad. Actually, no, at this point, my time is it's not there. But make sure, of course, you head out to explosionnetwork.com slash pack. Oz22, where all of our packs, videos, articles, um, this podcast, everything like that will be posted up. Of course, you can find all of our socials on usual place, explosion.com slash Twitter, and then join our Discord, explosion.com slash Discord. And for all of us here at PAX Australia, that is it. It's over. Let's go home. I'm tired. Bye.